The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to A Counselor's Point of View. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. Our new series is called The Hebrew Covenant Marriage. This is a power-packed message that unfolds the original Hebrew design of God's view of marriage. And we are going to be making use of the original Hebrew language. And we are going to take a step-by-step snapshot of courtship, engagement, and marriage. This series offers practical and proven suggestions to those broken marriages, as well as expand on those healthy marriages. We hope that you enjoy this series. Anytime man creates a seal, silly illustration, but a can of beans, man can invent something to break the seal. Anytime man makes a promise, man can break that promise. But see, God will never break the seal. Ephesians 1.13 where it says, after listening to the, the gospel message, the message of truth, there believe we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And in the Greek there, that's covenant. We're sealed. See, it would take someone bigger than God to break the seal. God's covenant agreement with you and with me will never be broken. No matter how you act, it'll never be broken. I have to communicate that to my children and my grandbabies and my great-grandbabies. No matter how bad it got, great-grandpa was not about to leave great-grandma. It's just not going to happen. So, that cements the gospel message of being sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, Holy Spirit of covenant. So let's talk about our love life. Exactly what, you know, really does that look like? So with most people, uh, think of a love affair as a passionate interlude between a man and a woman who are not married, at least to each other. Webster even says it's an affinity between two people, a particular experience of being in love. But God says something a little bit differently. He says that it is a particular experience of being in love with Christ as our husband and then offering that love to another like a spouse. Now think about that. There are so many one-liners that are being stated today that even one of them would totally change your life. The one-liners are not coming from Steve Finney. Just one word from God. That'd be it. Like love. That'd be it. If you embraced what it really meant. See, my love life with my husband should be everything to me. To know Him and Him crucified, everything to me. Whatever I get out of that, I should give it to my number one most important earthly relationship, and that's the relationship with my wife. And when I don't, God, through Christ, 
through the Holy Spirit, is going to have a little talk with me. But that's how it works. She is the bucket. You see, whatever it is that that I'm going to get from Jesus Christ today, which even teaching, by the way, I get more from Christ when I teach than when I'm not teaching. Because of the flow. So I have to keep teaching. Even when I'm a hypocrite. Because i got to get the flow going. It cleanses me. i got to give it away as it's given to me. Give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away. Because it's cleansing. Now, I understand that about my marriage with Christ. Now, if hypocrisy is affecting some major areas, that's a whole different ballgame. But you know what? As Christ pours himself out and through me in my marriage with him, I am to immediately take that and pour it into my primary vessel here on earth, and that is my wife. She's to turn around and take that and pour it into her children. Now, my wife's 53 and I'm 52, and this is just us speaking, so I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty, but we made a commitment that Jane will do nothing more and nothing less than pour the gospel into her husband and her children and her grandchildren. That's it. Until she's dead. So we have stuck to that. That's her ministry. Me, her children, her grandbabies, and her great-grandbabies. Now, I can actually, which I have done, I can tell you where that's, that's taken itself. How, how that pouring that, that life out has, has moved its way into other marriages and into other families and whatever. And no one really knows Jane. Nor does she really care to be. But her impact is unbelievable. Yes, there are ladies that call her and blah, 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 but that is not her ministry. The reason why she's not here today is because she's doing her ministry. You see, she pours what I pour into her, she pours into her children. Her children turn around and pour it into their children. Their children turn around and pour it into the neighbor kids. And it goes on and on and on. So one spoken word by myself to my wife has ramifications and blessings. It could go either way. One word. Well, is that not how the gospel is? You see, one spoken word by God, he can do absolutely anything that he wants if we stay focused. So when a man is really, really focused on what his job is, and listening to elders, mentors, so that I can receive from them to give to my wife. So she can give that to the children and to the grandchildren and so forth and so on. I begin to understand the power of legacy. There are not many Christian families that are that focused. They're too busy filling their tanks with things that have no value. But it's okay. God loves us anyway. He's going to help us get refocused, whether it's at 62 or 22. He's okay with you. He is such a beautiful God. Now, here's what the scriptures say about this love life for every couple. 
Now, when my mentor some 20-some years ago shared this with me, I thought he was a little bit whack. I was like, this is just a little woo-hoo. You don't understand. But here's what he taught me. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And the one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Beloved, Stephen, love your wife. For the love that you love your wife is from me. God speaking. It's a paraphrase, of course. And Stephen, when you love your wife... You're proving that you're born of me. But you know what, son? You don't love your wife with this kind of love. Exactly what are you saying? What are you saying about me? Now, I fought this, guys, for probably several years. I I think my counselor is just a little over the edge on this. You know, he's, he's 90, 81 or 90, 80, 81. And he's still immovable with this. He believes it was the foundation of why he loves the way that he loves so many people. Well, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. Okay, now let me get this straight. You mean, Lord, the love that I'm supposed to love my wife with is you? That you are actually the definition of of the word love? Uh Uh-huh. This is not complicated, Stephen. I am love. Oh, you... Oh, I get it. Now, you mean that whatever I pour into my wife is you? So every time I say to my wife, I love you, honey. Honey, have a great day. I love you. Or I'm in the middle of passion. Which a lot of times I just go, oh, God. Isn't that, isn't that funny? It's just always been amazing to Jane and I is that he either gets cursed or he gets the, all the credit. Even not unsaved people. You know, I was watching one of these uh, these uh, house transformation w- trading spaces, and they were doing clips of you know of all the reveals, and they were doing it like in eighty seconds kind of thing. You know, it kept coming out of everyone's mouth. Oh God! I'm like, this is just so cool. Even an unsaved person knows it's true. Behind all passions, surprises, and whatever. Or even being upset is God. So the evidence is even in, in the world. And God says, every single time you say I love you to your wife, you better be saying, I God you. I pour God into you. So that leaves me with the question. Well, what, what about this, all this worldly I love you stuff, you know? Second date, oh, I love you. Or, you know, you're in the middle of passion, you say, I love you, honey. You know, Jane and I don't do that. We quit doing that about 10 years after our marriage. took us 10 years to catch on to what Keith was telling us. Then we came up with a joke. When we're really purposing to be selfish, we say, 
Honey, I passionate you. I lust you. Can I have you? Because that's honesty. You know, I just want sex. I don't want to know you, which is the biblical term of sexual relations. So now when we read the top verse, the one who does not love does not know God, does not have an intimate relationship with God. Okay, I think I'm starting to get it. You see, when we use the term that our cup is empty, and I just don't feel like I have very much to offer my wife, you probably don't. So see, passion is a replica of love. Lust is a replica of love. It's fake. It's selfish. It's natural. It's earthly. And I'm afraid it's demonic. That kind of selfish ambition, you read it yourself in James Chapter 3, verse 25, it'll tell you exactly where it is. I was horrifically insulted by that passage. Majorly insulted. To have God say that any any other kind of love that I would give any human being, or particularly my wife if I'm not giving God to her, is earthly, natural, and demonic? What an insult. Well, Keith helped me understand something. He says, Stephen, if it's promoting self... How are you going to get God out of that? If it's I want, I have needs, I must have. How are you going to get God out of that? Because God says true love lays his life down for another, not his wife. That's how I interpreted the verse for many years is true love is one who lays down his wife. I can't tell you. Jane could tell you how selfish I've been in sex. But that's not real love. I wanted the real deal. I want to finish the race with the real deal. That sexual climax is a result of a climax with me as head of my home having an intimate relationship and knowing Abba through Jesus Christ. Into me see, since he is the one who made us and who conceived the idea of marriage, He gives us the potential for intimacy. Now, some of you probably already know this, but intimacy comes from a Latin word, intima, which is also a Greek word. Cool as that is. Any medical people here could tell me where intima is? Say it nice and loud. It's the closest to the blood. So it moves the identity through the body. Okay. Intima is found on the inside of your arteries. It helps the flow of life get through your arteries. If a hardness builds or, or is deposited and accumulated in that artery, you have what is called a blocked artery. It starts affecting the function of the heart of the matter. Sometimes they get in there and they drill it out a little bit and try to open it up. But the problem is, is there's typically so much damage done by that point that um, it communicates to itself, I must fill up with hardness again immediately. In other words, the artery becomes damaged. So what they used to do is cut pieces out, put pieces together, think that would do it, and then it would do it over the area where they joined it together. It's almost like it had a mission of, no, I'm, I'm going to give you hardness of heart. 
There's nothing you can do about it. And with our human body, our body actually does get to the point where it says, sorry, you can put little balloons in there if you want. You can try to eat better, whatever, but it's going to be a problem for a while. That's how marriages are. Intima is found in two places in the human body in a woman, and only one place in a man. In a woman, it's found on the inside of the arteries and on the inside of the vaginal canal. Now, in a man, it's the inside of the arteries. Both help life accomplish their job. So God gave us the natural things to understand the supernatural, and intima can harden. You can lose it. And that's when you look at each other and you're just kind of boring and you're just kind of hard-hearted with each other and you're rude and the respect is gone and the, the sarcastic comments. When, when all that stuff's floating around in your marriage, be assured that hardness of arteries is already underway. And the only way really, spiritually and supernaturally, to rid us of this hardening process is by the flow. Give it away. 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 Keep the flow coming. Keep the pipes open. But if you save it, you lose it. There's tons of that in Scripture. God needs to be intimately involved in our passions in order to develop our marriage into looking, sounding, and being like that of our marriage union with Jesus Christ. Did you know your future is not in your own hands? I think most Christians understand that. We fight it, but I think most of us understand that God's kind of a sovereign God. Did he know what was going to happen to David and Bathsheba? Most Christians go, well, yeah. But very few Christians know that Jesus Christ, Mary, and Joseph came from that relationship. You see, God could have done some creative things that stop it from even happening, but he did not. So all the stuff that has happened to you, don't beat yourself up with it. It's not that God necessarily approves it. Don't beat yourself up over it. All things work together for the good. To those that love him are called according to his purpose. The relationship you want is obviously not just going to happen. I think the hickeys are right. I mean, if, if you're in a position where you need to get some counsel, those who seek the counsel for many, they're going to succeed. Just make sure you don't pick a counselor like Job had, someone who supports divorce. Bummer. When I pick a counselor... They're going to have a few boxes they have to check. Because receiving counsel means you become one with. You become one with what they're saying. So we're not going to find perfect counselors, but I'll tell you what, finding one who sticks to the word becomes quite critical. Or we're going to end up doing things and then blaming the counselor because, well, my pastor or my counselor or my friend told me it's best to divorce. Even if we have done that, you've got to stick now to the original doctrine. So you can, too, say, well, in the beginning. But, Dad, you've had three marriages. I know, son. But in the beginning, this is the true doctrines. That's where he wants to get us today. Intimate relationships obviously take work. No happiness pills are found as of yet, and I know they're working on one. They sure got a few out there that make you feel good. 
And that too has become a problem. That's sedating the very pain that God uses to break you. To lead you. Into complete dependence on Him. Us not accepting our pain is become a major problem in the Western world. It really has. We have available to us here in the West techniques, therapies, pills to help make our flesh feel better that if you just go where our our technician's husband is right now and just go about 50, 60 miles north of where he's at, you're going to find people losing their arms because they said the name Jesus with no happiness pills, but merely their faith to comfort them. See, I don't have a problem with stopping and evaluating our culture and seeing what part of our culture is doing this to us as well. Now, I'm not advocating don't take medicine or whatever. It's not what I'm saying. I never ask anyone to get off medicine when they come see me. It has to be a conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying we use them as crutches to make our flesh feel better because God's trying to break us. So there are no happiness pills. He is the one that bears the happiness. You've been listening to A Counselor's Point of View. Our topic has been the Hebrew Covenant Marriage. If you're interested in listening to the full message, please log on to our website and click on our resource button and it will take you over to our bookstore and scroll down until you come to the CD package called Marriage Covenant Conference. Thank you for listening to our show today and feel free, by the way, to forward this message on to your friends and your family members. Until next time. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.